Welcome to another episode of Dating Intentionally. I'm Talia, your host, and if you're new to the show, this podcast is all about creating meaningful connections in a way that aligns with your values and goals while having a great time. Dating can be fun. Don't believe me? This topic is very juicy. I'm about to get into something that literally everyone has a take on, and that's dating rules. So I'm going all in on podcasting at this point. If you have any thoughts on this episode or any episode you listen to, I invite you to slide into my DMs on Instagram at dating.intentionally. I'd love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating right now and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Intentionally five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Question for you. Do you have any dating rules? Let's get into it. On this episode, I'm sharing the three types of rules, and we're going to get deep into the dating rules that work for me. A few days before recording this, I also asked the community on Instagram what dating rules actually work and which ones are total BS, so I'll share the results of that too. And then I'll wrap up with a listener question about being blindsided after three months of dating someone. If you Google dating rules, there are hundreds of articles and videos from a wide variety of outlets outlining what we should and shouldn't be doing in dating. But honestly, I think these rules get in the way of our intuition. There are really only three rules, and that is one, listen to your gut, two, focus on if you like them, and three, always be yourself. If you follow those three rules in dating, you're going to act like yourself, you're going to show up like yourself, put your needs first, and be the chooser. I feel like I could probably just wrap this episode here because the rest of this as well, you have to just take this with a massive grain of salt. I have a really different take on the rules that you see online, on TikTok, on Instagram, and in books. And that is that there are only three types of dating rules because look, there are no true rules, right? Some dating rules are just boundaries. Boundaries protect us, our energy, our emotions, and our time. And some dating rules exist to make sure that we don't betray ourselves and push our needs to the side. Some dating rules are just standards. Standards are a form of self-care and respect. They're kind of a manifestation of our self-worth and self-esteem. Some dating rules are really just standards we keep to stay aligned with our self-worth and value. And the rest are just games. Dating rules that are meant to mislead someone or hide the truth are games at the end of the day. And with games, there's a winner and a loser. I think these rules exist more to protect ourselves, but to the point where we're no longer acting authentically or being true to ourselves. So I don't co-sign rules that are games. I want to share my personal dating rules that I came up with, but I really, really want you to hear this first. I don't think having super rigid rules in dating is helpful. I also encourage you to test out different rules or guidelines or whatever you want to call them as you date. You know, there are a lot of different dating coaches and experts on Instagram and out there in the world. You can try on different rules and see what works for you. This is about figuring out the boundaries and standards we want to put in place to make sure our actions align with our goals and needs. So I'm splitting my list into two parts, boundaries and standards. Let's start with the rules that are boundaries. All right, number one, keep dates short, like one to two hours in the beginning. This is an important boundary to me, especially in early dating. I didn't want to show someone that I was willing to give them my entire Saturday before even qualifying them or getting to know them. It also protected my social energy and it helped me fit dating into my busy life without getting stressed. Like I never had dates on a Sunday because... That's meal prep day, and no one could get in the way of that. 
Even when I was fully in a relationship with Johnny and we spent our all weekend together, I'd ask him to leave on Sunday morning so I can get meal prep done. You've got to protect your time. And that's why keeping dates short is a great boundary to have for dates like one to three. One to two hours is plenty. The second one is keeping texting minimal before meeting. I learned this one the hard way because texting is fun. But when you text someone a lot before meeting, you create this sense of false intimacy or build up an impression of them that might not be anything like how they are in real life. Also for me, I found I couldn't retain a ton of information via text when getting to know someone. I easily forgot all the details they shared. I'm not sure what it is about texting, but I just don't think it's a good medium for deep conversations and getting to know each other. Maybe for me, it's because I answer about 100 DMs per day. I'm not saying saying don't DM me, but I do have a lot of conversations with strangers every single day. So in my dating journey, retaining information while texting with guys was just really challenging. Regardless, I found dates go better when you just go in to the date after chatting a little bit on the apps, making a plan and showing up. The reason this is a boundary is that not texting a lot before a date, a first date, is a way to protect your energy and time. You barely know this person, so why spend hours texting them like all day before you've even met? All right, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I bet you can guess this third one. It is wait until you're exclusive to have sex. This one just comes up so much, and it's a great boundary for so many reasons. I get into it more on my episode called How to Navigate Sex in Early Stage Dating, But this boundary works well because you have a chance to get to know them before jumping into bed with them, especially if you're the kind of person who emotionally attaches after sex or expects more from someone after sex. It's better to just wait. This is a way to protect yourself emotionally and sometimes even physically because ideally you are only having sex with people you trust enough to have the STI conversation beforehand as well. All right. The fourth one is no dinner first dates. Have you ever been stuck on a dinner date with someone you really don't vibe with? I know I have. If you're going to eat on a first date, maybe try to just do it at a food truck or just get desserts, or maybe you're just ordering appetizers at the bar instead of a whole meal. A first date is a vibe check. Do dinner after they pass the vibe check. All right. The fifth one is don't follow each other on social media until exclusively dating. This is a mental health boundary. I get that you want to check them out on social media to see the types of things they post or to see if they look like their pictures. While I personally never did this because I wasn't worried, I think it's okay to look someone up before you meet them in person just to see what their online presence is like. But the reason to not follow them on social media is you fall into the trap of creating narratives about what they're doing and when. Like if you see them post the stories, but they haven't texted you back, and this drives you crazy because you're thinking like, how could they post to Instagram but not have time to respond to my texts? We don't want that. Or maybe you follow each other, go on two dates, and then they ghost you, but they watch all your stories. How confusing is that? It's better to just not follow each other. There are so many different ways that this could go wrong and trigger your anxiety. So an early stage dating causes enough anxiety already. Do yourself a favor and wait to follow each other on social media until you are exclusive. All right, the sixth one that's a boundary is don't plan the second date on the first date. This boundary helps give you more time for the dust to settle after a date to decide if you want a second one. In the moment at the end of the date, there tends to be a lot of pressure and people will sometimes say things they don't really mean like, yeah, let's set up the next one or like, oh yeah, this is so fun. I can't wait to see you again, but they don't actually mean it. It's just like the polite thing to say or just kind of comes out of their mouth without really 
thinking, especially when you're on the date. Like no one is really going to reject you to your face. They're more likely to play the whole like, yeah, let's plan another date thing and then ghost you or just, you know, slow fade you. That's why I say at the end of the date, if they're like, let's go out again, you can say, let's sleep on it, right? Like, let's actually just give it a beat and see if we want to do this again before planning something else. Or at the end of the date, you can just say thank you, give them a hug and say goodbye without being like, let's do this again. So that's, you know, another boundary you can try out not planning a second date on the first date. It really takes the pressure off. Okay, let's go into some of my rules that are just standards. So number one is if you are interested, show interest. This is a standard for communication, emotional emotional availability, and security. If you want someone who's secure and emotionally available, you need to show up as these things too. Part of that is expressing and showing interest if you are genuinely interested in someone. That doesn't mean throwing yourself at them and it's not going to make you look desperate. It just means responding to their texts, initiating plans, being present on dates, remembering things they say, asking them questions, giving them a hug or initiating a kiss, or it could be just telling someone you like getting to know them. Of course, we want interest to be reciprocal. What I love about this rule or standard is that when you show interest, it gives them a chance to respond and reciprocate. And if they don't, well, then you know where you stand. All right. The second one is don't ghost. Okay. If you go on a date with someone and you know you don't want to see them again and they ask you for another date, you have the chance to say, no, actually, I didn't feel a connection and I'm not interested. If you need some templates for this, you can go to my Instagram at dating.intentionally and there are anti-ghost texts pinned to the top of my profile. So you can find several examples and different ways to say it because this is the mature, secure thing to do, right? Is to not ghost and just say, hey, I'm happy we spent some time together and getting to know each other, but it's not a fit and I don't want to see you again, basically. (laughs) I wish you the best. This sets a standard of communication and a standard for yourself. If you don't like being ghosted, don't do it to other people. So this one also, you know, just ties into that golden rule, treat other people how you want to be treated. The third one is to share relationship goals early and call it off if they don't align. So this is a two-parter. Again, this is a standard about open and honest communication. When you show up on a date ready to share what you want and what you're looking for, that sets the bar for the other person. The second part of this rule or standard is to walk away when you meet someone whose dating intentions don't align with yours. So if you meet someone who just got out of a relationship and and only wants something casual, but you've been single for over a year and you're ready for a relationship, you know to walk away and not waste your time. All right. The fourth one is if you're on the fence after a first date, just go on the second date. This is another great standard in dating to set for yourself because first impressions don't always go perfectly. And I truly believe that first dates are kind of a performance. If you had a lot of first dates, I'm sure you found yourself repeating the same things about yourself over and over to different people. More often than not, a kind of meh first date can lead to a really fun second date. So if you're on the fence and aren't sure, give it another date to see if you can get more clear on how you feel about them. I don't believe the first date has to be a yes, it can be a maybe. All right. The fifth one is if they're not sure about being in a relationship with you after three months of dating, move on. 
This is a really important standard to set because there is absolutely no reason someone needs more than three months, that's 12 weeks of consistently dating you to know if they want a relationship with you. At that point, if they're still on the fence about you, like they're basically using you for the benefits of being in a relationship without actually committing. Thank you. Next. We do not want that. All right. The sixth one is probably the most important one. Be the chooser. So important. This is a really important standard or or rule or whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's more of a practice, but when you find yourself worrying about their interest in you, pause, take a breath and remind yourself that you are the prize. So ask yourself if you like them, if you like their behavior, if you like how they treat you, and if you like being around them, that is being the chooser. And the seventh one is don't play texting games. And I will get more into this in a little bit, but that is a seventh standard slash rule that I have. So one of my rules that did not fit into these two categories, I'm not really sure where it fits, but I still think it's a good rule, is date two to three people at the same time until you are exclusive with someone if you tend to get attached quickly. So you can learn more about this practice in my episode called The Case for Dating Multiple People. But basically, this rule helps you not get attached to people and it helps you kind of internalize abundance in dating. Like, wow, there are many people out there. There are many people out there that I can talk to and vibe with and have fun with. It's not just like one or nothing. So I'm not sure if that is more of a boundary or a standard or really just a practice, but it's a great rule to try if you find yourself just getting overly attached to one person when you like on the second date. You know, just try it out, see how it goes. So I want to reiterate, these are the rules that worked for me and led me to a relationship. And I broke a lot of my own rules. I learned which ones that I had to stick to if I wanted to maintain my self-worth and protect my energy. But this episode is a sign for you to reflect on your dating experiences and create your own rules to help guide you and keep you aligned with your highest self and your goals. Okay, so let's talk about rules that are games. I do not co-sign these rules. Again, like I said earlier, if you're playing games, there's a winner and there's a loser, and that's just not the point in dating. So a rule that's a game is anything where you're intentionally withholding communication to make it seem like you're less interested than you are. So that's going to be the rules where it's like, don't text them right away. Or like, don't text them after the date, like wait for them to text you. These types of rules make absolutely no sense. Like again, if my rule is show interest, if you're interested in them, then yes, I am texting you after the first date. (laughs) It's not going to ruin anything, uh, especially if there's a connection. So I think anything where you're like pretending to be chill or cool or like not interested is a game. Playing hot and cold is a game. So that's when you are like giving someone the cold shoulder or the silent treatment if they've if they, if you want their attention, that's a game. You don't have to withhold your attention to get what you want. You have to learn how to speak your needs. And yeah, anything where you're just acting a certain way to manipulate them or elicit a certain reaction or response, that's a game. So I hope that makes sense. Like just basically not being yourself, not acting the way you really feel is a game. By playing games like this, you're just not being authentic. So I asked Instagram what they think about the rules, and I think doing this on Instagram proved that some rules work for some people and not for others. 
like, for example, many people said no sex on the first date is a BS rule, but that never worked for me. Like I, like if I had sex with someone on the first date, I probably wasn't into them. It just proves that rules need to be tested out. The rules don't exist. Do whatever you want. Experiment and find whatever aligns with your values, dating goals, and needs. So here are the bullshit rules that I got from Instagram. Number one, if he wanted to, he would. I will definitely cover this more on another episode. But yes, this is a bullshit rule. There are so many reasons why this is complete BS. Like, first of all, he might not know what you want, (laughs) right? Secondly, just because he wants to doesn't mean he can. Stuff like that. Another BS rule, don't talk about exes. Yes, I think it's okay if exes come up on early in early dating. It's not going to ruin any connections. Making the man pay. I mean, I think a lot of people are on board with like this being a, a BS rule at this point because it just doesn't align with a lot of the ways like women want to operate in the world. Like making the man pay, expecting the man pay it just can be a little icky sometimes. Not replying to text right away, which is what I was talking about earlier. If you see a text and you can respond to it and you have the time to talk to someone, just reply. It's it, it's it's fine. Play hard to get. Wait until he asks you out. That's a really good way to never be the chooser, I guess. <laughs> Someone said texting daily is a BS rule. Like you have to text them daily. It's a BS rule. I agree. Don't text after the first date. I think that's my that was like my move. I always texted after a first date if I liked them, right? It's a good way to show interest. Wait three days after a date to message them if you like them. This one came up a lot. This like the three day rule. I don't know where it came from. I'm sure I could probably find it. But like, no, I think if you wait three days, that's a really good way to show someone you're not interested or you're kind of lukewarm on them. Splitting the first date is a red flag. I mean, that's I don't know if that's like a rule, but I would say, yeah, that's 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 BS. Someone wrote one rule is one BS rule is don't text a guy after a Wednesday asking to meet up on the weekend. I read that in a book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know why that rule exists. That's ridiculous. BS rule, no double texting. You can double text people. It's it's like when you're in a conversation, you're not just like you say one sentence and another person says something and then it's like even like that. You in a conversation, like you're allowed to follow up with something you said before they respond. So double texting is fine. So what do you think? DM me on Instagram at datingintentionally. I'd love to know which ones you agree with and which ones you don't. And then of course, there are the rules that people said were for them. And there was a ton of overlap with my list. So I did not include those just to avoid being repetitive. But here's some other really specific rules that people on Instagram said they liked and that work for them. The first one is don't let them pick you up on a first date, meet in a public place, and don't ever give them your address. So this is like a safety rule, right? Like just don't give strangers your address (laughs) before you've met them and can get their vibe. I definitely agree with this one. Don't kiss on the first date. I personally wouldn't make that a rule because if you are feeling it, like, yes, go for the kiss. But I also don't think it's bad if you don't kiss on a first date. Someone wrote, ignore the rules. Yes, definitely agree. Like I'll take all this with a grain of salt. You can do whatever you want in dating. Someone wrote, don't go to their house unless you're ready to have sex. Yeah, I think that is a pretty good guideline to have. That's like, okay, am I ready to have sex? Maybe I shouldn't go to their house at this point and just suggest a different date. Be yourself, of course, obviously a great rule that will work every time. The asker 
takes charge of planning the date. So yes, definitely agree. Like if you ask them out, then you should be the one to arrange the location and time and everything because you are initiating the date. Someone shared no exchanging numbers until after the first date. This one definitely came up when I was dating. Like I, I didn't have this rule, but I did run into guys who had this rule where we would plan the date on the app and then we would have the date and then we would exchange numbers. And I think it's a good way to avoid a lot of the complications around texting and like all that stuff. Personally, not for me, but I think it could definitely work. Whoever cancels has to initiate rescheduling. This is like a general social rule. I would say not even just a dating rule. Like if you cancel on someone, it's on you to find the next time to meet. So this is the this one was the weirdest one I've ever heard of a kind of a wait to have sex rule. But this one is don't sleep with them until one cycle has passed. So you know, it's not just hormones. And for male listeners here, we're referring to the menstrual cycle. So I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. I mean, hey, you know, three to four weeks is definitely a good amount of time to get to know someone before deciding to have sex. So I, I think that's an interesting way to look at it. I've never heard that one before. Um, don't double text questions. So this is different than no double texting. I do agree with this. Like if you ask them a question over text, they don't respond. And then you follow up with another question. I do think it's like a little odd. It's a little dicey. I mean, again, not like you can do it. It's probably, you know, nothing's going to be a disaster. Like double texting a question isn't going to be the reason someone decides not to see you again. But I do think it's a little like chill. You don't even just like calm down. Let them let them answer the first one. Okay, this one is if there's no vibe when texting, don't go on a first date. I kind of agree with this. Like if if the text conversation or if you're in a dating app messaging with them and it doesn't flow, chances are the first like talking to them in, per- in person on a first date probably won't flow very well either. But I, I don't know if that's like a hard and fast rule. Someone wrote, don't define anything until date six, just get to know them. Definitely like this as a guideline. So it's like, you know, it could be three to six weeks of getting to know them if you do two dates a week or one date a week. And that's a great amount of time to just kind of feel it out before you make any decisions. Love that. Someone wrote, don't drunk text your ex. Yeah. End of story. Great rule. Just don't do it. And the last one is don't overshare your dating life with your friends. I mean, yeah, I think our friends can be a little protective and sometimes not give us the best advice because they're overly protective. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So one thing I noticed about dating rules when researching this episode is how much they change over time. Like there are dating rules that existed in previous decades that are completely irrelevant now. It really shows how much more complicated dating is these days. Like between the 1950s and late 90s, like when online dating was invented, you just had the phone, writing letters, taking messages, and maybe at some point like answering machines to communicate. I guess maybe email was in there at a certain point. But now we have so many different ways to meet, connect, and communicate, and so much can get lost in translation. So I guess my point is we need to recognize how important it is to have standards and boundaries, also known as rules, in modern dating and have compassion for ourselves when things feel extra confusing. I'm going to answer a listener email. By the way, if you want me to answer your dating question or give you my take on your dating dilemma right here on the podcast, you can email me at datingintentionallypod 
at gmail.com. That's datingintentionallypod at gmail.com. I won't share your name or anything when I read the question on this podcast. And I love doing these because we are truly all in this together. And I can guarantee that there are people out there who are currently going through something similar to what you're going through right now. And if you share your question, a lot of people will feel validated and get some advice from me. Here we go. Hey, Talia, I love your content and I've been finding it so helpful on my dating journey. Thank you. I'd love to get your opinion on something, please. I was dating a guy for almost three months, and in that time, we had really fun, cute dates, sometimes up to three a week, sometimes more spaced out if we were busy. I was mindful not to pressure him, and we had both been married before, so we weren't rushing. We did fun things like go to a comedy club, bouldering, cook dinner at each other's flats, and we went to nice restaurants. It felt like the ideal dating scenario to me, and his level of affection made me feel really good in his presence. On Friday, I asked him if he would like to stay over at mine, and he seemed to freak out. I tried to ask him to help me understand what felt scary, and the conversation went down the path where he ended it with me. That sucks. I feel like I ruined everything by asking him to stay, but I also think maybe it's for the best, because if after three months, he's not sure about me. He said he thought I was super kind, and dating me was fun and exciting, and we had great sexual chemistry, but the spark was missing, and we had a different sense of humor. Boo, the spark. I'm finding it really hard not to message him because I feel something potentially good had been thrown away or sabotaged unnecessarily. What would your opinion be? Should I accept it and move on or do no contact? Okay. So here is my answer. First of all, that sucks that this happened. I mean, getting blindsided it's always like such a roller coaster. And I hope that you are taking care of yourself in whatever ways make you feel your best. I think that this situation sounds like it was really revealing. He showed you who he is. You revealed that you were ready for a sleepover after three months of dating, which I think is totally reasonable. And he stepped back. He freaked out in your words and ended it with you. So I think it's really important to like look at it kind of in a neutral way. Like, you did something to show more interest. He It caused him to freak out and end it. So when we just take that piece of you know the picture, that just says so much about who he is. He isn't capable of getting to that level or that much intimacy causes him to run away. Do we want to be with someone who runs away when things get that intimate? And again, at a very reasonable pace. I would be saying something different if you suggested this after like three dates and then he freaked out. Like maybe that's a little more warranted. I mean, still though, it also shows that he isn't able to communicate his feelings. Like instead of pausing and just explaining how he felt or explaining why this made him freak out so much, he just ended it, right? You want to be with someone who has the emotional capacity to communicate and kind of talk through things instead of just throwing it away at the first sign of conflict or the first kind of moment they feel scared. So I hope you've learned that through this because you really do deserve someone who can show up for you and also show up for themselves by communicating what they're going through instead of just running away. So I say yes, accept it, move on, no contact. I don't know if there is a way for you to avoid this in the future. I think you did everything right from what you wrote in your note. Like you went on dates, you got to know each other, you 
want to take things a step further and have a sleepover after three months, which I think is really reasonable. And he freaked out. So basically in dating, like I hope that maybe you maybe you get to that point a little faster with someone, like not three months, so that if it does happen again, you haven't put in three months. But I love this because you're giving them a chance to show you who they are. And I hope this helps. I know that, that this being blindsided sucks. I hope you're taking some time to heal and then get back out there with this knowledge and experience. You didn't do anything wrong. So I'd love to hear from you. What is something you took away from this episode? DM me on Instagram at datingdownintentionally. I really love to hear from you and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Your feedback means a ton to me and helps me make this podcast as helpful as possible. I'll catch you next time. Bye.